Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. This is Dominic Burns, the Director of Allies, and you're about to listen to a podcast hosted by From Page to Screen's own Stuart Bannerman. Hope you enjoy. Hey, what do you mean time escaped you? Uh, well, it's 8.09, so I'm actually uh, running just a tad late. But yeah, man, I got up early. I mean, like, I woke up before the uh, alarm clock. I didn't hit snooze and um, had a good breakfast. And then um, I just I started looking up things on IMDb for the show. And then it was just like suddenly it was almost 10 after 8. <laughs> wow. I've just I've been faffing around trying to find my volume control on my headphones, but I've just found it. So I'm happy now. I can, <laughs> can hear you crystal clear. Uh, well, good. <laughs> So, how's things? What have you been up to? Uh, wow, man. Um, this is the first week uh, that the kids have been, you know, like officially out of school. Um, Ian had some sort of high-tech science camp where they were doing DNA testing and gene splicing and all this other stuff. So, that was kind of cool. Um, uh, my youngest daughter had a um, like a horse camp where she got to go ride on horses and all this other stuff this week. So, you know, hopefully next week won't be as much running around and... Um, Working my way through uh, Breaking Bad, we're on the final season, and uh, Walt just hid the money. You, if I don't want to spoil for people, but yeah, so very cool, man. In fact, probably one of my favorite deaths was the way Gus went out, because that was really, really <laughs> slick. <laughs> exactly. I mean, we're going to touch a lot up on TV and stuff later on, but that's easily one of, if you had to do a list of TV moments, yeah. Gus. Gus would probably be on there, I think. <laughs> well, I thought it was so cool because he came out and you're thinking, damn, how did he survive? And then the camera just kind of trucks right on around and you go, oh, well, damn, I guess he didn't. Yeah, he didn't. <laughs> I thought he did, but yeah. I was half right. So. Yeah. <laughs> nice. <laughs> definitely, definitely. So what about you? I, am, I have been still busy doing the fundraiser. I am now over the halfway mark time scale wise i've got 29 days left yeah um out of a target of 500 pounds i've raised 640 so i'm doing well took me a little while to get over the 500 right because i think a lot of people were looking at it going yeah you've hit <laughs> yeah, i've still got 30 odd days left on right. you go, oh, you don't need my help right. so uh, you know w- with a few pushes and a lot of tweets it's it's started momentum again yeah. so that's quite good well that is um the other week, my 14-year-old computer died, just gave up the ghost, so I had to take it to bits, physically rebuild it, and now it's kind of up and running again, running its Windows XP oh, <laughs> operating system. That, what, 14 years I've had that one. Wow, 14 years. I mean, that did – well, I guess that doesn't take you back to DOS and having to type everything in and go mouseless, right? 
Not quite, but I do remember the first PC I had where you had to install DOS and then install Windows on floppy disk and then do it like that. So, yeah, I do remember those days. Yep. Gosh, man, it's like I worked at an ad agency back in the, gosh, I guess it was early 90s. And uh, this guy was a huge Star Wars, uh, not Star Wars, but Star Trek fan. And I'm a Star Trek fan, but uh, trust me, I don't know the in, the the infinite universe uh you know but it's like not only did i have to type in everything via dos because we had this one image scanner which we'd lay these big uh you know whatever um you know like the big four by five transparency someone had shot you know photographs and stuff in essence the negatives lay them in and then i would scan them but i had to type in all these dos prompts and send it to different drives that were named after different starships in the star trek universe so it was like i remember the tau shiar and other than that there was like a a bunch of other and i was like dude you know what just do me a favor and and either label them normal you know like our characters or let's jump to the star wars universe well i will master everything you know so exactly (laughs) get it sent over to the darth maul although darth maul won't have existed around that time i would have thought when you were doing dos (laughs) yep but i mean hey send it to millennium falcon the slave one the whatever you know what i mean dude i would have rocked it the tie fighter uh, yeah. Di- send it over to the Dianoga if that's a smaller one. That's right. so, yeah. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Definitely. Um, but I'm glad but yeah, so, computer's back, man. That's awesome. Oh, so my I, I thought because I've I've got I'm one of these that has like a drawer full of hard drives and drawers full of like um the co- computer cables and stuff like that. Because you never know when you need them. Right. You never <laughs> never know, so you've got to keep them all. Right. And I put a new drive in. I thought, right, it's obviously the hard drive that's gone because it wouldn't even boot up. So right. I flattened that, put Windows on it, and then realized that I still had my other data drive rigged up as a slave drive. <laughs> and I, halfway through the format, I thought, have I just formatted my data drive oh. with every single thing on it? Right. Luckily, I hadn't. But <laughs> that would have been every digital photo I had, all the music that I've copied over from my discs and <sighs> all the podcasts and all that. I'm like, oh, yep. no. But it's too late. Once you've started a format, there's no point just switching it off and hoping it's not killed your drive. <laughs> so you just got to let it run. Yep. Uh, but luckily it was okay. So the computer is back up and running. But if I do get any extra funds from the fundraiser, I am going to buy myself a new base unit, I think. Nice. Um, I think 14 years is long enough to have a computer. Yeah, I mean, that's admirable, man. It's um, I have <laughs> one that uh, probably my oldest computer I bought back in 2008 so you know it's nowhere near the 15 year mark and and it's ready to be retired it's just you know i'm waiting on a good excuse like a good good huge project where you know some of those the funds that i make from that will go into a new tower but um that i have any i had a laptop that i bought last summer so you know it's not like i don't have you know good fast machines so yeah, I mean, I'm using. I've got a laptop as well, which is what I'm using now. But right. it's got a small screen on it, so when it, when it comes to like video editing and stuff, right. I'm not really a fan of um, using like a 10 inch screen <laughs> for uh, <laughs> for video editing or photo editing or anything like that. Yep. That's not wise. Yeah. So it's, uh, but that's pretty much all I've been up to, and catching up on a bunch of things to watch and things to review, and I've been doing a lot of stuff for the website and so on. So nice. It's been keeping me busy. Yeah. And. Um, when we were talking online about the TV shows, I thought that would be a fun show to do next week. And then you put the tweet up yesterday going, how are you fixing tomorrow? I'm like, <laughs> ah, 
<laughs> so then I hurriedly sat down with a piece of paper and I was going through the lists. Right. And, um, <laughs> yeah, I don't think I'd have been able to get it down to 10 either. Yeah. So I kind of struggled. So we've sort of stuck at 12. Yeah. Well, it just, I mean, like even, it was funny. I moved one down because I have two lists. One is just, you know, my favorite 12. And then there's a short list of six that started off really cool and then just went sideways or south or whatever you know and um so but you know so even pulling one of those out of my top 12 and putting it down there then i thought of another top 12 so i mean like it it went from 12 to 11 and then right back up to 12 so that seems to be the magic number for us so well i had like a whole thing of criteria and i'll mention a couple that aren't on mine but it was annette said why have you not got game of thrones on there and I said, because it's not finished. You know, because yep. the next two seasons of it could be so awful <laughs> that it ruins the entire thing. I said, I don't think it will be, right. but it could. So therefore, I can't put And that's just the way that I decided to do my list. So all the shows I've got on there right. have finished. Right. Um, well, you know, it's kind of like I did put Breaking Bad on my 10 fave, uh, the 12 fave list, right? Knowing that I still have, I think, six more episodes to go, but yet I have never heard anyone say Breaking Bad was a, a pile, you know? And yeah, you so, go, it's really good until the last season. Yeah. It was terrible. Yeah, no, I've not heard that either. <laughs> yeah, and by the way, I'm back to watching Dexter because you said it was is worth watching it, and I am enjoying it, and then Rita is actually, she's calmed down, so she's not, you know, uh, and she's just blaming the hormones and, and being a little less atrocious. So I'm like, all right, I guess I can nice. continue. Yeah, yeah, it's it's one of those. If it was lost, I'd go forget it. <laughs> you know, cut and bail now. Right. But even if you don't like the last, you know, the ending of Dexter, it's I don't think it's going to ruin yeah. all the stuff that you've seen before. It's not really that type of show. Yeah. Well, and I'm I'm pleased with his growth. You know what I mean? Where you know you start off the whole thing where he is still. Um, ruled by his dad and you know where I am now in the series he's kind of like you know what dad lied to me uh, he had some good ideas I will make them my own and bend and you know I'll, I'll do what's best for me and so it's it's pretty cool did you hear the big explosion earlier on in the week uh, just after the Game of Thrones finale no whoa Oh, the, the internet world exploded. Oh, yeah? <laughs> so much so that one of the PR companies sent me through a reaction video <laughs> for audiences. They held a screening for the final episode somewhere. I think it was in London or something. Yeah. And they filmed the audience watching this finale, and they've actually put together a reaction video oh, for right. it. So it was... <laughs> It kind of made the internet blow up. Right. Did uh, <laughs> did the finale of that? So it's really good stuff. Um, it made Annette's jaw drop. Yeah. And it was one of those. Oh my god! Really? How up? Uh, uh, can we just start season six now? Please? <laughs> so it was very very good. So that's how you do a finale. So you were really wishing that uh, at that point it was a Netflix show, and the whole season, the next season, would drop like within a week, right? Easily, yeah, because I'm I'm going to get very very sick of people just talking about what you think happened right. for the next ten months. <laughs> it's like just just move on to another show and yeah. find out next year. But it was it was very very well handled. Um, but uh, yeah, Facebook was just full of spoilers and stuff like that. Yeah. So, but uh, never mind. That, that was that was good. Um, I did finish watching a TV show called Silicon Valley, which is a sitcom by HBO, which is very very good. It's kind of like part Entourage, part Big Bang Theory. <laughs> And it is about a bunch of guys who are trying to set up a computer company yeah. in Silicon Valley. So it's it's not like sitcom funny, right. but it is funny. And it's not pure drama, but it's kind of like a mixed thing. But that's maybe half hour long each, and there's about eight episodes per season. So season two's just finished. So I've caught up on that. So that's quite 
worth it. I like having these half-hour shows. Yeah. That I can just put on while I'm having some food or whatever. Right. Because <laughs> some of these, you know, the TV episodes that last, um, you know, anywhere between 42 and, you know, close to an hour, then, yeah, I mean, like, granted, I give myself an hour for lunch every day. Uh, but, yeah, sometimes uh, different people want to, you know, call or connect or there's other things I want to do during lunch. And, yeah, it doesn't happen. That's what's taken me so long to get through Sherlock because of an hour and a half each. Yeah. Well, you're watching a movie, uh, man. You know, I mean, it's, it's, (laughs) and I think, you know, having kids, I've learned to make, um, like I can watch a movie and if I have to break it apart into a mini series, like if it's a two hour movie and it takes me four nights to watch just because of interruptions or whatever, I can still deal with it. I I know uh, some people can't, I know my kids can't, which is kind of ironic since uh, they taught me to be able to break up something and, (laughs) and still enjoy it. So. Movie-wise, I've just finished within the past half hour watching the Michael Mann film Black Hat. Yeah. Um, and yesterday I watched Fifty Shades of Grey. Both oh, films, good lord, man. <laughs> both films were sent through to me by Universal, right. and both received an absolute hammering when they came out of the cinema. Right. They were, <laughs> talk about divisive, uh, decisive, or whatever it was. They split the audience right down the middle. Right, right, yeah, right. I, some people thought it was okay. Some people thought it was like the spawn of Satan or something. <laughs> Fifty Shades of Grey's definitely got its issues. Um, I suspect it's from it's from the book, though. Right. Because the, some of the dialogue is really, really clunky. Yeah. And I suspect that's the way it was written. Well, you so know, it's, I've read parts of it. Like yeah. I say, I, I was goofing around with Michelle's book and just kind of reading things. Because the funny thing is, it's so, the book so wants to be Hustler. You know what I mean? Uh, like I guess you guys have you know Hustler magazine over in the UK, but it's like it so wants to be this this uh, you know uh, like print porno, you know, and, but yet it can't say uh, anything beyond like you know he reached into my pants and his fingers entered me. <laughs> Really? Yeah. What the hell, man? I mean, you know, it just seems kind of <laughs> anticlimactic at that point. It's like, no, this is this is porn for church or something weird like that. So, this is it's it feels kind of like if you sat down with somebody who had who had never watched porn, who'd never even thought about porn before, right. and you said, "Right, write me down what you think porn is." <laughs> That's probably the sort of thing they would come up with. I think. Right, and they probably think um, they're being very risque, right? <laughs> They would think this is a work of art. This is absolute genius. I'm so happy with what I've written. Right. The, the film is beautiful to look at, and by that I mean the set design, because it looks very, you know, the big offices and the nice apartments, and everybody's wearing stupidly expensive suits and all that sort of stuff. So <laughs> cinematography-wise, it's fine. Right. Um, Acting-wise, I don't think the characters have got anything that they can do. They're just following, um, you know, the the rules that are given by... The, the powers that be behind the film. Um, and I mean, I noticed your latest waxing cinematic episode was novelists who write their own screenplays, right. that title. I've not listened to that episode yet, but I did make note of the title. Right. And I suspect that Fifty Shades of Grey may get a mention in that episode. You know, um, um, I can't remember if that hit the list or not. That was, that was my idea. Jake and I pitched concepts on Sunday evenings, right? And um, I was like, man, you know, thinking about different movies because we had, uh, you know, you've seen the movie Holes, right? Yes. And um, yeah. then there was, oh, what the hell was the other one that uh, really spawned this thing? But it was another movie that, um, oh, Gone Girl. And the fact that when a writer, the writer of the novel also writes a screenplay, on 
one side, it, it's a plus because they know what they can push and pull. And then, okay, I'm going to, you know, remove this character, merge these two together. We don't need to see this. And, you know, I think sometimes that works out well. And then other times, um, you know, when uh, like Charity Parkerson joined us and she was, you know, texting and stuff and communicating with us uh, via stream with the dot. And she was saying that she didn't know that she could cut anything out of her novels. And novels can be as huge. I mean, you look at some of the things like Under the Dome and, uh, you know, by Stephen King and these other novels that are, you know, got like 1,500 pages or whatever, if not longer. And to try to condense that down, of course, that got turned into a TV series. But, um, you know, to have to trim stuff out, I guess, is too painful for some and then others can handle it. But it was tough finding, um, you know, too many uh, people who had written novels and then turned it into a screenplay and succeeded. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And that's the thing is that, I mean, if I, if I write a novel, and then I, you, you know, yourself, right. John, the filmmaker, right. says, "I want to turn that into a, into a." I would hand it over to you. Go, well, you make films. I write novels. Right. You know what you're doing. Right. I think I know what I'm doing. Right. Just please do justice to the book and go on your merry way and get it done. Right. I think the moment you give somebody creative control over writing their own screenplay, mm-hmm. big mistake. I think. Yeah. Yeah. You know. Uh, and I think this is what's happened with Fifty Shades. You look at some of the backstories about what went on on the set and why people have quit and this, that, and the other, and it's a mess. Right. And it's all down to <laughs> letting E.L. James, the author, have, have creative control over right. who gets hired. And you know, She's now brought her husband in to help script Doctor the second one, and he's never written anything. <laughs> Just like, that's another big mess. The directors quit from the second one. Wow. And I think the the woman who wrote the screenplay on the first one, they've gone. They've been asked to leave, shall we say. Right. So I think the, the film definitely isn't as bad as everybody says, I don't think. Yeah. But it's certainly not going to end up on my top 10 favorite films of the year. Right. Um, and, I, and I think it's dangerous when you take a book that, for whatever reason, people love yeah. and make a film out of it. You're going to upset a lot of people because they're totally different mediums. Well, and you have to look at why the book was successful. And maybe a lot of women wanted to gravitate towards this book because they want to try S&M or whatever. You know? But on the other hand, I think a lot of women, were they want that kind of um, erotic novel, but yet it's like they don't want to be that woman reading porn, women porn, whatever you want to title it. So I think this yeah. was like that in-between. Where And I picked on my sister because she ordered it, and, um, and then there was an issue with iTunes or whatever, and then her husband found out, which wasn't a huge deal, but I wanted to be sure that my mom knew that her daughter was ordering porno books, which I just thought was funny. You know? <laughs> I think a lot of it, because I worked at Walmart the t- around the time the books came out, yeah. and it was insane. It was, <laughs> you know, as soon as we got them in, people were sell- you know, were running in. There were people were phoning up, going, "Have you got any?" Well, we've got two copies. Can you keep one behind? It was nuts. <laughs> it was absolutely. It was weird to the point where a woman would walk up to her desk and she'd say, "Have you got?" And we go. No, we haven't, but we're getting some more in tomorrow before she even mentioned what the product was. Right. And we were right. We're like, you're going to say Fifty Shades, aren't you? She went, how did you know? Don't worry about it. But we did. And a lot of people were just buying it because their friends told them right. they, to buy it. And it was a sheep thing. So genius marketing. Right. And it was different. I mean, I don't think any woman has written an erotic novel that hit the bestseller list like this one did. Because I know, like, Charity, and I cannot for the life of me uh, recall the name of the Australian author who... Melissa. Uh, yeah, Melissa. Um, you know, both of them are very successful, but uh, neither has hit 
and I don't think their their entire genre has hit as high as uh, Fifty Shades of Grey. I could be no. wrong. I, I mean, you know, I'm not necessarily a well-read person. People send me scripts, and then I do read novels. And um, certainly, I read Gone Girl. That was the last thing that I read. And um, so, anyway, but I, so I, I really don't keep track of what's the top sellers and stuff like that the way I do with movies. <laughs> So Fifty Shades, I didn't think it was as bad as I thought, yeah. but I've no need to watch it again. <laughs> I'm watch a sequel. Now, do you think it would have um, been better if it had had uh, Charlie Hunnam in it? Because I think he was the original uh, choice for the lead. <laughs> he, was. <laughs> he was, and then he bailed. He came up with some silly excuse about, oh yeah, I forgot that I'm busy on Sons of Anarchy. <laughs> no. And the pub, I, I don't think it would have been better whoever was in it. Right. <laughs> because the guy who's in it, Jamie Dornan, is a really good actor. I've seen him in a couple of seasons of the show called The Fall. Yeah. And he is more than capable of acting a role. Yeah. And yet in this one, he does seem very, very wooden. Right. Um, and I think that's just because, you know, this is a script. These are the words you've got to say. You've got to do it like this. Yeah. Now do it. And that's not, it just doesn't seem to work for him. Yeah. I think Charlie Adam would have had the same problem. Right, right. Well, and I, I think. I mean, there are those directors that say, here's your dialogue. Do not deviate from it. And there are certain times in certain scripts that I've directed where I've said, okay, this message has to be relayed. You can, you know, because I'm more about letting the, the actor find the character and then deliver the lines as they believe the, the character would. And that way, everybody sounds different. And it gives them even more a, of a unique voice. But there's sometimes when, you know, like you've got to say, You've got to relay this message because later on it's going to be used. You know, it's to me, it's just a part of good, you know, screenwriting and and uh, making a good movie. But um, but anyway, but there there are those who just want to choke their talent, and you will recite it. And I just feel like that's what happened maybe to um, Anakin Skywalker and some of these other characters that um, you know that the actors like Hayden Christensen. That is his name. Yeah, Hayden. Yeah. I always yeah. flip that sometimes. It's like Christian Haydenson. No, Christian Haydenson. Yeah. But, yeah. Um, you know, it's like in, um, I think it was About a House or My Life is a House. That was pretty good. And then um, Takers was really good. I mean, like he just played this really nice guy that you, you, you know, um, I won't give away any spoilers. But anyway, but I mean, that's that's a solid movie. So. Yeah. I think with the Fifty Shades, I don't even put it on the hands of the director because she's a good director as well. Yeah. I I put it purely on the the dozy sod that decided to give the author creative control over wow. a project. Yeah, and that you is know, ominous having that kind of power sitting in a chair staring at you while you're you know trying to work. So exactly, do not let an author run a film set. Yeah, is probably the the best way on that. <laughs> but then I went into Black Hat this morning, which I thought I want to watch that before. And I love Michael Mann films, and this I really enjoyed Blackheart as well. Yeah. But yeah, again, it got hammered. Sometimes I wonder whether I'm off and I'm just enjoying films that really aren't very good, right. or whether <laughs> everybody else seems to be off and I'm the right one. Right. Reminded me a lot of Miami Vice, the other Michael Mann oh, remake, yeah. which I enjoyed, but a lot of people didn't like that either. Yep. So you know, I knows? enjoyed that too, and. Um, I think most of my filmmaking friends were like, man, it sucked. He used the Viper camera. It was too low light and it was so grainy and I hated it. But I mean, to me, it has that number one, it has the action and the style, right? Uh, But it also, I didn't mind the grain because to me, it looked more, it took me back to times where I, um, you know, was hanging out at, you know, like someone's pool late at night or whatever. I mean, it just, it, it took me to these places in a very real way. Whereas if everything had been well lit and everything was perfect, I think I, I would have been less a voyeur if that makes any sense. 
total sense. Yep. And Black Hat is very much like that. So there's a lot of the, the, you know, you could tell that somebody's just running around with a camera on their shoulder mm-hmm. rather than dolly tracks or whatever. But it works for the film. So it's all computer hacking and yeah. There's lots of really cool gun battles that reminded me. There's one that actually rivals the one in Heat. Really? Which was very, very good. It just seems to go on for ages. Right. It's really good. Um, <laughs> it is weird. There seems to be a point where Chris Hemsworth goes from just being a computer hacker to somehow turning into Jack Bauer. All right. <laughs> because at one point, he's you know he gets out of jail. He's a computer hacker. Right. He's very, very good at hacking him with a computer keyboard. And then later on, he's running around wearing like a bulletproof vest and taking out snipers. Right. And you're like, when did, he be- when did that sort of <laughs> And you sort of let it slide because you think, well, it's an action-packed film. Right. But it's, it's definitely another one not as bad as people make out. I don't know whether it's the fact Michael Mann must do an amazing film every time. And every film is going to be as good as Heat. Right. Yeah. But uh, I, do, I would check out Black Hat at some point. Yeah. I'll check it out. And, you know, as we've discussed before, sometimes it's, you know, where is the nation or where is the world when these things are released? Are they ready for another? Have they been burnt out on Jack Bauer? Or do they expect too much from Michael Mann? You know, I mean, there's so many different factors. And I think it's often the, the public's unrealistic expectations that will either, you know, kill a movie or, you know, if there's lower expectations, like I don't think that anyone knew that Jurassic World was going to take off as huge as it did. And <laughs> no, did so, not. you know, I went in there to have fun and I was like, damn, this is great. I found myself laughing at points that no one else was laughing at just because I was having so much fun. I was like a giddy little kid. So, so is it as, I mean, general consensus seems to be it's not quite as good as the first Jurassic part, but it's better than the other sequels. Oh, by far. And to me, there are, there are times when it rivals um, the first one. And to me, it has a better ending. I was much more satisfied at the end of Jurassic World than Jurassic Park. Jurassic Park just seemed kind of like – and I, I love reading Michael Crichton novels. But he had this habit of being so long-winded to begin, which thank God that was not a part of the movie because we don't need to know about gene splicing and all this other bullshit. I, we don't need to see him selling the concept to the investors and his little miniature elephant and all this other stuff. Um, you know, We just need to get in and, and we believe, hey, wow, laboratory and, and eggs and all this other stuff. But uh, a lot of Michael Crichton novels will end with a really quick wrap up. It's kind of like, I don't know if you ever read Congo, but it was just kind of like, um, you know, uh, they were running along and it was well paced. And suddenly it was like, ah, shit, man, we're at the end of the book. Mm, I don't know they find a balloon and they fly away. You know, <laughs> so that was that was my feeling with the end of Jurassic Park was it was just kind of like, ah, chase, chase, action, action. Hey, that's it. You know, and so this one to me was a little more satisfying, a little more wrap up, you know. And so but anyway, have you seen the movie yet? I haven't yet. No, it's very rare I get to cinema. Oh, really? For various reasons. Man, but, uh, if, yeah. if you see one this summer, that's the one I would suggest. I've been very happy with just everything that I've seen so far this year, which I don't think we've had a stellar summer like this in quite some time, but probably Furious 7 and uh, Jurassic World would probably be my two picks if you had to just see two in the movie theater. Age of Ultron was fine. Mad Max Max was another really good one. (laughs) It has been a good year. Do you not remember last year and the year before that they were always talking about 2015, the perfect storm of films? Really? When When we're getting like... We're getting a new Avengers movie. We're getting uh, the Batman v Superman because that was originally right. supposed to be out this year. Right. And then all these films, you think, is there going to be enough room in Star Wars we were supposed to get in the <laughs> summer? But then that shifted out the way. And right. Then, uh, so it is. It's a very good year for film so far. Wow, man. My uh, 
shelf just fell off my wall. That was interesting. I did. I did hear some yep. sort of crash. Well, I'll yeah. clean that up after. <laughs> <laughs> I did watch uh, Avengers: Age of Ultron as well. Oh, that's cool, man. It was all right. Annette wasn't a massive fan. She didn't. She's not a massive fan of the whole Avengers thing anyway. Yeah. Uh, I thought it was okay. I thought it was good. Didn't dislike it. Right. But I think I might just be a little bit burned out on a lot of the comic book stuff. Yeah. Like, eh. And that's been my concern from the beginning is, you know, when you super saturate it. Because for a while there, it was like every May we'd have a new comic book movie. But now it's just like, hey, we can make money off this. And um, it does get uh, it just you know a bit much. <laughs> It does. But it was good. It was okay. James Spader was spot on, as I knew he would be. And yep. Robert Downey Jr. is always funny and, and you know, stuff like that. Yeah. So it was fine. It was, a, it was okay. It was probably a little darker um, and unlike um, maybe the original, you know, like the first Avengers, which was much more lightweight. And that's that's always, I think, easier to, um, to do and, and more enjoyable when you're getting to know these characters as they get to know each other, you know? Yeah. So... Definitely. But that's pretty much been the films I've watched uh, so far. I've watched a bunch of stuff in preparation for the horror show on Sunday, but yeah. uh, I shall go into it on that one. Um, <laughs> and yeah, I've been uh, trying to catch up on a lot of TV and stuff. So Yeah. There we go. So, yeah. Uh, video gaming, I've still been playing a lot of Call of Duty online. Yeah. So I've been quite into that and sort of getting better, but not much. Yeah. Well, you <laughs> know, I don't constantly. know if you were a big fan of the Gears of War franchise, the original trilogy, not that stupid Judgment Day thing. But no, um, I played the, played the trilogy, but not played the stupid Judgment Day. Yeah. <laughs> be glad. Be glad. I mean, like, it, it was kind of like, uh, I mean, we played through it once, and then we sold it. So um, I felt kind of bad because I went and bought it, like, you know, thinking it was going to be like the original trilogy. But um, now they're coming out with, they're doing it kind of like they did with Halo, in that they're going to um, put it out again, and this is going to be, um, you know, like, uh, it's uh, everything's upgraded it's for the Xbox One, and it'll look better and supposedly play better and whatever. And I don't know, I'm still not sold. Um, and they're coming out with a new um, Gears game, which has all new characters, which I... I I don't I mean like I don't know maybe that wasn't sold with the franchise it's not done by Epic anymore. Um so I, I don't know what's um you know what we're we're looking at there but I mean it's all new characters I don't know that I care. You know what I mean? It it's you yeah, you've yeah, got yeah. that. It's kind of like the expendables but yet ah uh, no nah, this these are all new old people. It, what? You know it just it wouldn't be the same. So <clears throat> It's like they keep talking about bringing 24 back, but Kiefer's not coming back. Can you think, eh, <laughs> you know, I'll still watch it, but I'm not as excited. Yeah. You know, that, that sort of thing. Yeah. But I'm open to it being awesome. But yeah, I'm with you. I mean, there's just something about, uh, you know, the way Jack worked with Chloe and, you know, the way everything made Jack say, damn it. You know, it's awesome, yep. man. <laughs> damn it. We're running out of time. Right, right. Yeah, there you go. That's pretty much the, the entire script of 24. <laughs> damn it, Chloe. Open this door. Damn it, Chloe. Give me the blueprints, you know. So, and and she was just always like, "Oh, Jack," you know. It just anyway, up until the the last thing that they did, where uh, her character was altered just a bit. Yep, yeah. definitely. But I'm always excited. I'll watch any 24 that comes back out. So. Yeah, there you go. So let's um, let's jump into TV. Awesome, man. This may this may take a while. This one, yeah, I know, really. Twelve Possibly. a piece, yeah, man. <laughs> twelve, twelve each. <laughs> it's funny. Did you put yours in specific order? <laughs> <laughs> not because I couldn't. I haven't really got I mine in either, order, man. Because you know, it's no. they were just um, 
it's it's all just a big mix, man. And I did go through and actually add the years that it was on TV, and so did I. <laughs> I did that this morning, yeah, yeah. So, yep. <laughs> and sadly, um, a lot of the shows that I thought were really cool, um, they were canceled. You know what I mean? It was like they were too high concept, or they were too sci-fi, or they were too whatever the mainstream audience just couldn't quite uh, uh, fathom or wrap their head around or whatever. And and it's sad that. The TV shows that are more comfortable or more familiar, they will have a longer life than um, you know some of these other uh, TV shows, which I just you know that are on my list. So, you want to start or? Well, I was looking at my list, and there is only one TV show on there that I didn't watch when it was live. Right. Um, everything else I watched at the time it came out. Right. Which was quite unusual. There's only one that I didn't. Uh, I will start. I mean, how do you want to do? Do you want to sort of alternate? So I'll yeah. do one, you do one, and so on. Sounds yep. good. Okay. Well, I, I've, I've actually got a reality TV show in mind. Oh, yeah? Just the one. And it, it's it been on three seasons, yeah. and I've never seen the third season, and it's called Project Greenlight, if you've ever seen that one. You know, I heard about it, and I even had um, different friends tell me that I should try out for that show, and I just never did. But I thought it was a cool concept. It was produced by Matt Damon and Ben Affleck. Yeah. 2001 it started. And it was, in effect, a reality TV show where they picked a winner very, very early on. Right. Who had, like, the best screenplay. And the rest of the episodes followed this guy as he took it from the page. Yeah. And made a film out of it. And it was all the behind the scenes. So to watch it, I mean, this is way before... I had as many DVDs and I could listen to commentaries and right. speak to filmmakers and stuff. So to see what it was like to actually make a movie. Yeah. Uh, I mean, a small independent movie, so it wasn't like Michael Bay one and Transformers <laughs> right. or whatever. But season, I think it was season two, I think they brought in this little actor who was apparently very good and it was Shia LaBeouf. So that was, <laughs> you would see names. Right. And then the films would actually come out. So you would in the DVD box set, it would usually give you the movie as well. Right. So that that's my only reality TV show. I have found season three on YouTube. Huh. So I'm going to uh, download that and sit and watch season three. But season one and season two were very, very interesting stuff because it gave you a glimpse behind the, uh, the, the sort of making of movies. Did so, they, yep. did they try to get in there and interject, um, you know, like uh, push the drama? You know, like, did they go behind the director's back and say, wow, you know, this guy sucks. Somebody needs to go tell him, you know, so they just kind of let it actually fly. Yeah, they seem to be quite supportive of it. So it wasn't done. I mean, a lot of the reality things you show now where you, they say things to stir up trouble and this, that, and the other. (laughs) Right. It seemed to be, they would offer advice to the filmmakers and stuff, but they would pretty much just follow him. (laughs) And, uh, and see how well he did. So that was, yeah, that was interesting. Project Greenlight, 2001, 2003, and 2005. Nice. So what have you got? Um, you know, at the top of my list was a show that I just remember being very fun. It was The Adventures of Briscoe County Jr. And it was on for just a, it looks like it was just one season, um, uh, 93 to 94. But I had Bruce Campbell, Julius Carey. I don't know if you remember him or from... Um, Oh, was it The Last Dragon? He played Shonuff. No, nope. but <laughs> but, anyway, <Nope. laughs> but it was a western, and I just thought it was kind of cool. I mean, you know, here's this, um, you know, uh, Bruce Campbell plays uh, Briscoe County Jr., and his dad was a famous lawman, and he just he has that same kind of uh, drive to do right. He's like a, a Boy Scout with a gun, and uh, but I, I just thought it was just 
fun episodes, and I really don't know why it was uh, canceled. I guess you know, needless to say, it was the ratings. But I guess maybe it was a you know western that kind of had comedic elements that people just couldn't quite wrap their head around or whatever. But um, but I just enjoyed the show, and I mean, I met uh, you know Bruce Campbell on the set of The Evil Dead too, and I don't know if that kind of influenced me a little bit because he was really nice to me on the set. So, you know, maybe that kind of made me like the show a little more, but I mean, he's a likable guy anyway. So, and very likable character and just there, um, the, the whole, you know, like Julius Carey, if I remember correctly, he was like a bounty hunter and they kind of teamed up kind of like an unlikely duo. And, um, so anyway, it was just a fun show to watch. Nice. Yeah. I'm familiar with the show, but I've never watched it. I so think you I'll, can. Uh, I I've never been able to find it on any, you know, like Netflix or Hulu. You have to, you know, find it like you know, bootlegged uh, elsewhere. So, yeah. And it's three by cool. four. Obviously, shot way back in the day where standard def was the the max. And um, you know, I don't think they're gonna. Maybe they had DVD sets. I don't know, but I, I didn't ever pick those up. Do you think you would if you if you had it on your desk now, or maybe it fell off your shelf or whatever? You'd go, I'm going to watch that. Yeah, I would. I mean, at least, yeah. and, and you know, I may watch it now and go, wow, no wonder they canceled it, you know? But because uh, <laughs> that happens. I mean, like there was um, one movie, I think it was Extreme Prejudice, and uh, and I I remember seeing that back in the '80s, and I was and just I thought it was really cool because these two um, these two men grew up like brothers and then one decided to become a lawman I think he was a, a ranger or whatever and then yeah, it was Nick, Nol- Nick Nolte wasn't yeah, it yeah then, yeah yeah um, I've seen that movie I love both, it yeah but I yep. mean like I watched it again probably a decade ago and I was like man this is still awesome but yet it's a lot slower than I remembered you know but but there again <laughs> yeah. that was the pace of the movies back then it was like hey we're giving you an hour and a half to sit and relax you know so it was just like I was watching um, a horror documentary on YouTube the other day mm-hmm. on the big TV, and it had maybe like a two and a half minute introduction. Mm-hmm. And Annette was watching it, going, "Oh, just start already!" Like, oh. <laughs> and yet, back in the day, it was that you know your beginning credits would be like five minutes right. before the movie came on. You watch Lawrence Arabia, I think it's like forty-five minute right. opening credit overture or whatever. <laughs> right. <laughs> Gone with the Wind probably had one of those as well, didn't they? Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, that was <laughs> super back when, long. You know, they didn't want to have the credits at the end because they figured you were going to get up and leave. So they wanted to – it's almost like these Geico commercials that they have on Hulu now. Um, and I'm assuming they're on broadcast. I just don't ever watch broadcast television. But, you know, where it's like, hey, you can't skip this ad because it's already over, you know? And it's always goofy. Everybody freezes kind of like at the end of uh, – what was it? Police Squad, you know? But yet – you know, the dog still runs around or the grill, something catches on fire. And um, so it's just kind of funny. But yeah, um, but the same theology, you know, with the old movies and my my cousin who used to write for um, like Beverly Hillbillies and some of the shows back in that day, um, you know, still believes that all the credit should be up front. Nothing should be at the back. But you think about uh, some of these, you know, like Mad Max and Age of Ultron and where they're so special effects heavy that good god man can you imagine you know like nine minutes worth of credits and titles before the movie even begins you know see i'd sit and watch them i i like to sit and watch the credits at the end but yeah. that's just me i'm definitely in the minority on that one yeah well and i think that's the good thing about having the little buttons or whatever you want to call it where you know it's like that's after all the credits there's another cool scene so it kind of entices people to stick around but you know whether i know people that had a part in making the movie or not i will still sit through for the most part sit through the end of the credits and uh just to pay them honor and respect for the work that they did if i enjoyed the movie yeah 
Uh, that's the way I do it, and I don't get why a lot of people are like, yeah, thanks for your work, I'm off. Yeah. <laughs> what? Just just wait another five minutes. You've sat there for two hours and 20 minutes. Right. Just sit for another five. Listen to the nice music by whoever. Yeah, yeah. And then, you know, if it's a Pixar movie or anything by Disney, uh, you know, on the animation side, then you normally have some little things going on during the credits, little silly stuff or whatever. So. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So next up, talking about wonderful music, I have it started in 1984. And the last season was 1990. Mm -hmm. I've mentioned it already, uh, Miami Vice. Yeah. I remember uh, quite a number of really cool episodes, including the one where Ted Nugent, um, I think he played a drug dealer or something. So they really did try to be hip and bring in these different, um, you know, different music stars and whoever else to kind of take their game up to another level. Phil Collins, yeah, he was in. He was in like two episodes. I mean, yep. it, it does. I, I watch it periodically. I've got all the the seasons on DVD, right. and it does have some clunker episodes on it, right. but it's still really, really good. And at the time, it was amazing. Yeah, uh, I think it got better the later it went on. I mean, it got less violent, right? But the, it got better because the camera work was better and the music got better, right? Um, and yeah, I just love it. So Miami Vice, and I was I was really nervous when they said they were going to make a film of it. Right, thought it's going to be terrible because I love the TV right. show, but I love the movie. So well, to me, it was kind of like what they did with Bond, and um, I, I guess some other franchises, but Bond is what comes to mind first. Is you know, in that it's kind of an update. They didn't really go back to the uh, the old '80s dress style or whatever. You know, I mean, they made it cool. They had the latest and greatest stuff, and it it really felt uh, believable. I was also like they did with Equalizer, so they yeah. they took the basics of it right. and modernized it, but didn't disrespect the original series. Right. So. so, what's next on yours? What do you got? Um, once again, it's another western, The Wild Wild West, with Robert Conrad and Ross Martin. I don't know if you remember that one or not. I've heard of it. Again, I've never seen it. I did have the unfortunate uh, thing of seeing the Will Smith movie on the big screen back in, I think, 99, I think it was. Yep. So that's pretty much my only experience of Wild Wild West. Yeah. So that's that not one, a good one. That one was a bit of a train wreck. And, and you know, that's my yeah. concern with uh, the whole Superman versus, uh, I mean, Batman versus Superman, is that it almost feels like the same thing where it's kind of like, hey, uh, if that's not enough, let's add Wonder Woman. Yeah, maybe that's not enough. Aquaman, sure, let's do, you know, and so I'm still excited about seeing the movie, but on the other hand, I'm just like, did you not have something in mind to begin with, you know? You you just yep. keep throwing stuff in there, so you have, you know, the man with no lower body, who's also a robotic spider, and then you have, you know, Frederick Vanderwall, which, you know, that was nice eye candy, but, you know, and then you have Will Smith and, and um, oh, jeez, man, um, Klein. Kevin right? Klein, yeah. yep. And, yeah, I'm with you, I mean, like, the, the movie didn't do justice to it it was almost like hey we're, we're gonna make this more hip and really I, I wish they had done something that more resembled because uh, it was a sci-fi western i think that was one of the things that i enjoyed about it and uh plus robert conrad uh, i was a little kid watching it reruns and um i think i've already shared the story but it's like i had this uh little matchbox motorcycle guy um that i think it was a police officer or whatever and there was a friend that had a little derringer pistol die cast metal and i was like man you know what what can i trade you for and that motorcycle dude was my favorite 
it. And he was like, I'll trade you for that motorcycle, man. And um, so I traded so I could I could uh, have the little Derringer up my sleeve and run around. And we had we were like one of the first people to move on to the block here. So there are a lot of, you know, like as houses would be built, then I would go over there when the workers weren't there and run and jump and dive in the dirt because it was really soft and uh, and then pull out my little Derringer and shoot these invisible people as I was, you know, I was James West as a kid, so. (laughs) Very nice. Yeah. So what's next Uh, for you, man? I was torn between Star Trek The Next Generation. Yeah. um, But then I was talking to a friend of mine last night, and he reminded me of a show that I'd forgot, so I needed to bump one. So I bumped off Star Trek Next Gen, unfortunately. Right. Uh, But I do still have Star Trek Deep Space Nine. Yeah. Um, I mean, the the early seasons Mm -hmm. weren't that impressive right. but once they started kicking into the whole story arc thing that was the first time i can remember seeing a show that was like a 10 parter or a 12 parter yeah and it was amazing i love the whole story arc type of thing and also with star trek the next gen and star trek ds9 and voyager being set at the same time period you would end up with crossovers mm-hmm. Which was, you know, that was the first shared universe that I can remember seeing on TV. Yeah. Uh, and I'm like, I do like this. I wonder if this will ever catch on. And thankfully, shared universes have caught on a little bit too much. But, uh, <laughs> but it's definitely Star Trek Deep Space Nine with the whole Klingon war and the yeah. Dominion and, and the Cardassian, the big battles going on. Right. And it was just, it was Star Wars without Star Wars. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, definitely got to put DS9 in there. I don't know if it's something I would probably watch again. I think if I had a box set of them all, I'd probably just jump into season four right. and just watch them from there on because that's when it got really, really good. Once Worf joined, right? Uh, for some reason, that seems to be like the benchmark. So I've gone for it, Star Trek DS9. So was that the one that had Whoopi Goldberg on there? No. Well, she was in, I think, dumb. She probably cameoed in one or two episodes, but she was in Star Trek Next Generation. Ah, that's right. That's right. Because I, I kind of watched those on and off. I don't know what I was doing at that time in my life, but um, for whatever reason, I I didn't um, you know get really deep into those shows. I kind of watched one randomly. So, but yeah, it was. I think the final part of the entire run of the series. It was a ten-part finale. And that was amazing, <laughs> oh my God, dude. So it was effectively like a an eight and a half hour movie or whatever it was. It was really good, yeah. all big battles, and yeah, it was it was fantastic stuff. That is cool. I don't think people have the balls to make TV like that anymore. You know, I think you have no. your story arcs that will last an entire season, or something like uh, on Castle where um, oh, Beckett. You know, like her mom's murdered and turns out it's a bigger thing and bigger, you know, like very political and all this stuff. So, I mean, that's something that's haunted almost every season. But, you know, nothing huge like, you know, there's still your, you know, every episode wrap up, you know, they've solved the case. And then sometimes it'll take a few, maybe a few episodes or whatever. But it's, you know, nothing as grandiose as 10 episodes. So. And this was this was 1999 as well. So this was right. way way back, way before 24 or right. anything like that. Yeah. <laughs> so there we go. Yeah. Well, you're right, man. 24 would fit that, wouldn't it? Yeah. It would. Yeah. yeah. So what's next for you, John? Uh, you know, once again, uh, sci-fi western, Firefly. Okay. Which I I enjoyed. I mean, like, and I've I have both the DVD box set and the Blu-ray box set. And, you know, the kids enjoy it. And to me, it was just really cool. I mean, like, um, the movie Serenity was okay, but to me, they kind of backpedaled a little and and just tried to encompass too much stuff. But, and really, it didn't, I don't know, I would have liked to have seen where, um, you know, the TV show would have gone, 
but I understand Joss Whedon's not interested in ever revisiting that at all. So, no, I think he's sort of, he's on record saying you've had your chance with Serenity. Right, right. You know, yeah. Uh, I think with Firefly, I first saw it when it hit DVD because I'd heard of everybody going mental because it'd been cancelled. Right. Looking into it, the the way that they showed it on the television oh, was a mess because yeah. they showed it all out of order. Yeah. <laughs> it's like the pilot episode was like the fourth one in right. or whatever it was big mess yeah. kept changing time slots and yeah of course an audience is going to get fed up with that well and i mean that's what you get when you give the reins to producers that say oh no we know better than the creators of the show so yeah. <laughs> but yeah it was, firefly good choice yeah i mean i just i like the variety of characters that were on board the ship and i just you know and they were all likable in their own quirky ways whether it was jane being an idiot or or uh you know mal being so damaged and jaded and you know so it it just, I don't know, it's a really good mix. Bish, uh, what was his name? Um, Shepard. Uh, he was a cool character in that, you know, he was a badass with faith. So, you know, I don't know, man. Then you had your your uh, prostitute, uh, I forget what she called herself or what her title was, companion. So, anyway. But, yeah, man, just I enjoyed it. I, I But I think some of the themes that they covered on TV were also pushing limits that the more conservative crowd, uh, at least over here just was like, wow, I can't believe, you know, there's a prostitute on there and I can't believe that you're showing sex casually. And I can't believe that this is happening and that. So I, I think some people were offended and then they were calling uh, the sponsors and saying, you know, um, we're going to boycott your products unless you boycott the show. I think it was a, a cavalcade of events that wiped it out. And now look at the things they show on Game of Thrones and The Walking Dead. Yeah. Wow. Well, (laughs) the the audience has been conditioned to accept such. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Yep. Well, I've gone a little bit political for my next one. I have gone for the West Wing. Nice. Um, I don't really know much about American politics. Right. However, you don't really need to to watch the West Wing. So I didn't struggle on that. But it was Martin Sheen's always watchable in, in anything. And I just, I love the camera work in that, where it's just constantly walking down corridors and then the camera will just follow somebody else as right. they walk off down another <laughs> corridor. And have a, so the the way that show was put together was just amazing. Yeah. Um, even when a lot of the main characters left and you think, how's this show going to carry on without right. blah, blah, blah? And it did. You know, it, yeah. it worked wonderfully with the whole the way the plot went. So anybody who's not seen West Wing, you've got to check it out. Yeah, really good. Very, that very one good. didn't make my list only because I didn't think about it. So it's, you know, I'm glad that I didn't think about it because, damn, then it would be the list of top 13. But, yeah, I, I was a big West Wing <laughs> fan. and um, So. Definitely. Yeah. yeah. Well, my so next one yep. is Lost. Now, granted, that I know, man, but you know, <laughs> I have so many good memories. See, this is this is one of those like you watch a movie and the ending was really less than, and really the third act was just like, what the fuck happened? But yet, yep. um, I still remember enjoying it every single week because you know, like you and I've talked about water cooler uh, events, right? Where you know, it's kind of like, hey, did you see that episode? And Everybody was talking about it, and I remember um, at one point, I can't remember. Oh, I think we were watch. I think we were shooting uh, Nerds of Steel, and I remember most of the crew were like, "Hey, if at all possible, if we could please wrap early on Wednesday so that we can watch it broadcast." Everybody wanted to catch it, and um, so we worked out the schedule so that you know we could do that. But um, but I just I, there's so many good memories of where I was when I was watching this enjoyable show. Now, the whole sideways season was just that 
why the hell did we do that? And then the ending of that was, uh, you know, it, parts of it I liked, but then other parts I was just like, damn, man, questions haven't been answered. Um, now Hurley owns the island. I don't know. It just really, it was just like, hey, we've got to wrap this shit up, guys. We're running out of time, you know, and uh, running out of audience. So, yeah, bam, there you go. But everything before the sideways, I really was happy with. I enjoyed seeing, um, you know, like, uh, the oh, was it Locke? going through all that he was going through because he believed in the magic and then finding out that the magic really wasn't magic and, and you know, th- it really wasn't a benevolent island. There were all these other things involved. And then t- to wrap it up, and two, I think one thing that uh, did bother me was they said animately, now granted, you don't want the trick revealed, right? But it was like, no, there will be no time travel in Lost. But then, what the hell, man? Yeah, it is. <laughs> <laughs> yep. <laughs> so, you know, and I, I get it. It's kind of like, you know, when you're, you know, like kids or friends or, you know, like your wife will spy that box under the tree and go, hey, that's that new game that I was wanting, right? And you're like, yep. oh, fuck. No, it's not. No, it's not. It's a book. What are you, are you kidding me? You know, so, yeah, yeah. you know, so I, I get it, the denial factor, but yeah, but yeah, so I, I, yeah. I do that with Annette all the time when I've seen a film and she hasn't. She's yeah. like, that person's not going to die, are they? And I'm like, no, get out of it. <laughs> and I know they do. Right. So yeah, of course you do. That's the only time you're allowed to lie, I think, when it's to preserve, preserve exactly. the surprise. Do you reckon Darth Vader's Luke's dad? Yeah. No. <laughs> They should think that. <laughs> well, that was the same thing through Sons of Anarchy and now through Breaking Bad. I'll be like, oh, shit, Gus is going to get it or whatever, you know, and Michelle's just like, I am not going to answer that. Yeah. <laughs> Best way. Yep. yep. <laughs> but Lost is one of those, I think, uh, Annette said to me, she said, do you think it's worth watching Lost? I went, no. It, so I think it is now huge... to start watching yeah. it, not good. However, we both watched it when it was on. So then we'd already spent six years watching right, it. So, right. you know, we can't have those six years back. However, right. we can save new people from uh, spending six years watching it. Right. So it, that is one of those TV shows that I really thought had so much potential. And then near the end, it derailed, but it's still on my top 12. Like Heroes, which kind of derailed halfway through. You know what? It? It's funny. I mean, like, that is on my other list. The one that, you know, like, you look at Battlestar Galactica, and I know I'm digressing and jumping around, uh, but it's like Battlestar Galactica was such a cool uh, TV show. And I would get almost as excited as a kid when that opening theme would come on, right? Because I think it's it was every Sunday evening. And I, just, I thought it was great because we weren't going to get another Star Wars for, what, four years, five years, six years, somewhere in there. And so here was Galactica, right? And it was really cool for like the first two seasons. And then after that, it's like, oh, man, we've got to pop, you know, we've got to pump it up a little bit. So uh, let's make Lauren Green have mind powers. He can move things with his mind. And it'll blow Richard Hatch's mind. And, you know, and then I don't know what happened to Starbuck. Maybe he died. I, I don't know. But it, there was just it suddenly became a different beast. And that, at that point, as a kid, I just lost uh, interest in it altogether. It became Galactica 1980, didn't it? Yeah, it did. changed the show when it came to Earth. You're like, what? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which, uh, you know, I don't know if you're a fan of the uh, Battlestar Galactica kind of reboot for sci-fi. I am. Uh, yeah. Which was great. And, I, you know, uh, the ending, though, was still a bit odd. And they never really explained <laughs> Starbuck. And I don't know, man. You know, maybe the mystery just, you know, it needs to linger and that's fine. But uh, the the ending was kind of a, a WTF kind of moment, you know? <laughs> <laughs> 
this next show that I've got, this is the one that was substituted where I was reading the list out to my friend Bob and he said, oh, I'd put such and such on mine. I'm like, damn it, why did I not put that on mine? I forgot about it. And it is Boston Legal. Yeah? I I've love never that show. that, man. Oh, James Spader yeah. and William Shatner yeah. together every episode. It is, it's a really, really interesting show about a legal firm that has a lot of quirky characters in it, but you just watch it for the pure chemistry yeah. of James Spader and William Shatner. It's easily one of the, the most rewatchable shows ever. So it's <laughs> definitely, definitely check out Boston Legal. All right. Uh, anybody who's listening to this who's seen Boston Legal, they'll probably be nodding now going, good choice. Yeah. So. Well, I mean, yeah, I saw the, uh, you know, I've seen commercial spots for it, and then I was trying to come up with a concept for one of the waxing cinematic episodes where, you know, like when is breaking the fourth wall re- like a, a good solid thing? I mean, you know, and you look at what um, Dare, uh, not Daredevil, but uh, Deadpool does in the comics and also in the video game and hopefully in the new movie, which really looks like they're going to um, stick to who Deadpool is versus, you know, doing the bastardization like they did in the Wolverine movie. But um, Boston Legal came up different scenes where they, you know, totally broke that fourth wall and looked directly <laughs> into the camera and said something and funny stuff man so yeah i'll have to check that out but it wasn't done all the time you know out of right. 20 episodes per season they'd maybe do it three times yeah and it would be such subtle things as you know near the end credits william shatner would sit down next to james spader and go oh where have you been i haven't seen you all episode right. and then that would be it and it, you know or things like didn't we used to be on tuesdays right or you know little right. just so little remarks like that right right and it just it just made you giggle like a like a geek so yeah. i definitely definitely check out boston legal if you can do well maybe that'll go in the slot uh once we get through a breaking bad which Last night, we actually started watching it earlier uh, than normal, so we, we blazed through three episodes. So getting closer and closer to the end, and, um, you know, it's like Hank knows what's going on, and, and you know, Hank's losing. But I feel it, it's like Hank has – I mean, not Hank, but Walt has become this cancer. You know what I mean? Where it's like only the psychotic – like, what's his name? Kevin, his, his little cooker buddy, uh, before he got out of the – you know, the one who shot the kid. And uh, Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's yeah. like – with the exception of him, and I think he's just kind of brain damaged in some way. Um, other than that, man, he it's just been total destruction from Hank to Skyler. Um, you know, obviously the baby's too young uh, to, you know, be adversely affected uh, by it right now. But I mean, you know, and Walt Jr. is just manipulated, uh, you know, but yeah, Walt is just, uh, he, he's quite the handful, man. <laughs> but but all the while, Walt is trying to do the right thing. And that's he believes right, he man. is doing that's the thing, isn't it? Yeah. It's not like he's bad and he knows it. He thinks right. he's the good one. So. Yep. Well, and, and ultimately everything is for the family. Every sacrifice, whether, you know, right, wrong, legal, illegal, whatever, you know. So, you know. Yep. So what's next on yours? Um, I have 24 down. And that was one of those that uh, for the first three seasons, I would watch one episode just randomly. Shits and giggles. I would just sit down and watch it and be completely lost. But I enjoyed the pace, you know. And um, But I really didn't get it because I didn't, you know, needless to say, I didn't start it at the beginning of the season. And there was a friend of mine who I made some comment about it. And he was like, 
my God, you've, you've got to check it out. And um, so he passed off the first three seasons and we binge watched that like crazy. And uh, that was back when the kids would actually take naps in the afternoon. So we would let them take an hour or two nap and we would be you know blazing through episodes of uh, 24. And yeah, really, really good. And I even, you know, like whatever the last 24 thing that uh, was on TV, uh, was it like uh, 24 UK or whatever it was? Yeah, 20, um, 24 Live Another Day with, there, with 12 episodes rather than 24. Yeah, well, Kiefer's getting older, man. You know, yeah. a chain smoking's going to take a toll one of these days, so that's yeah. it, man. Did you also watch the TV movie they did in between seasons? You know, probably. I don't know, man. Because it's when it's, it's set in South Africa. Yeah, I sure did. Yeah, because that was originally going to be the beginning of whatever the, the further season was, but then the writer's strike came out, so they thought, well, do we right. shelve these episodes for another year, right. or do we just put it out as a movie, and thankfully they stuck it out as a movie and yeah. tied it all in with the universe, but I've got 24 on my list as well. Oh, really? So that, oh, that's I, cool, man. I love that show, and yeah. it's it's kind of rewatchable as well. I've seen some of the seasons more than once, Yeah, um, and it does work. Yeah, it's uh, very, very good. Yeah, it's it just good, consistent math in the in the making of the uh, of the show. And at one point, I think they were talking about um, doing more or less a um, you know like do twenty two hours of TV episodes, and then the final two hours would be a movie that you'd have to go to the movie theaters to see, which I thought was pretty good idea i mean you know but then so many people pooped on it they decided that uh you know maybe we shouldn't do that but I, to me that was just good marketing you know you get everybody hooked on the free it's almost like you're the drug dealer you know it's like ah, oh, i keep giving this stuff for free now it's gonna cost you and um yeah it's kind of like walt tossing those uh sample blue bags to people you know <laughs> <laughs> well this is what they're on about doing with stephen king's the stand they're on about doing like an eight-hour tv show right and then finishing it off with a two-hour film as well so that idea is still kicking around. Yeah, yeah. I'd but like a lot of people works. A lot of people don't seem to think it will because they're like, "Well, what happens if you've not seen the TV show? Are you going to go and watch the movie or right. blah blah blah?" And it's, it's. I think people just get scared of a new model. I remember when they're on about putting shows on Netflix. We're just going to dump the entire lot. People are like, "That's crazy. That will never take off," and it kind of has. Yeah. Well, I think you know, with the advent of VCRs and um, you know, like. Oh, what is it? The like, if you have the satellite deck and it records it all digitally and stuff, it makes it easier to binge watch, you know. And I think that just kind of opened the floodgates to people just, you know, depositing the entire season all at once. And although I saw there was some uh, TV show that's on Netflix that I think they are planning on doing it more traditional, like every week they'll have a new episode, which I hope that doesn't. I, I hope that doesn't really. Is not a huge success because the next season of uh, Daredevil, I want it all. Bam, you know, uh, I want to be able to binge watch it again. So, <laughs> I think though Daredevil's made by Netflix, isn't it? it Whereas is. there, with Better Call Saul and From Dust Till Dawn, mm -hmm. it, they were made by different networks who right. would then dump them onto Netflix the week after. You know, ah, I got gotcha. you. Yeah, because I watched From Dust Till Dawn and I watched all three episodes, or so I thought, and right. then realized. Why is this thing still? Where'd that episode come from? Because that's how it worked <laughs> out. They were just dumping them on like the day after the broadcast, right? <laughs> um, so that's probably. I think Daredevil, you'll be safe because that is made by Netflix. Yeah, yeah. And I'm cool. looking forward to seeing where they take that show. Yes. Yeah. 
with uh, the Punisher in it. Oh yeah, man, that'll be good. I mean, like. You know, I, I thought Thomas Jane was probably the, the best Punisher to date, but uh, and I can't remember the actor's name, but from The Walking Dead, I think he'll do a great job. He really has that kind of Punisher look, too. He does. And you have to find out. You've got to wait till next year to find out. Yeah. <laughs> Isn't it? Yeah, it will be next year, won't it? Yeah, yeah definitely. Well, I've stuck Entourage on my list. Yeah. A show that I've mentioned quite a few times. Yeah. And- I never tire of that one. It's one of the few shows I've got the entire run on DVD as well. Yeah. So I, I have to put it on. It's I'm sure it's not a really accurate look at the way Hollywood is. Right. But it's a definitely it's an entertaining <laughs> one. Um, I don't know. Even if it, it it could be very close and we just don't know it, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. I think there's probably more backstabbing and screaming right. in the real Hollywood than there is in uh, Entourage just. But uh yeah, not much to say about Entourage yeah. other than I love it and there's a movie out and I really want to watch the movie. Yeah, I was going to ask if, if that was out yet and if you've seen it. It's just come out of the UK. Uh, I've not seen it yet. Yeah. Nope, but I want to. Yeah. So, so you're going to go to the theater to see that or are you just going to wait? I'm probably going to wait, I think, because I've seen all the other Entourages on the small screen and it's not really a cinematic thing. You're not like, wow, it's not like Jurassic World. Right. It's... You know, it's a sitcom type thing, so I can, I can watch that. Because I'm going to purchase it on DVD anyway. Right. So why spend money on a cinematic and then purchase this thing in a few months? I might right. as well just wait. Well, especially if you're going to take a net, then that's double the price and all that. So Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So what's next for you? Uh, Sherlock. Ooh. Yeah. Uh, Benedict Cumberbatch, Martin Freeman, which um, you've seen The World's End, right? The Simon yes. Pegg movie? Really funny. Um, yep. But yeah, I mean, Sherlock is consistent. I think the uh, – and I noticed on IMDb it said there was a season four, which I um, – It's coming out. It's not out yet, so you're okay. Okay, good. Yeah, because I couldn't yep. believe that I missed that because um, yep. the kids love watching that too. So if I don't find it, then they do, and you know we all get together and watch it and all. But yeah, I just really saw it, and I like watching a season within three episodes that are just like movies. And yeah. uh, I have read, uh, you know, a lot of the original Sherlock Holmes uh, novels, and I just it won me from the beginning the way they updated everything. Instead of it being a watch, um, it was a phone. It was, you know, I mean, it was just very, very clever retelling these stories um, in, in a very modern way. Nice. Yeah, I was quite shocked, or Annette was more shocked. I've not got any British shows on my list. Really? Um, none. <laughs> I have none in here at all, right. and you've got lots, which is good. That means I'm persuading uh, you, you to watch lots of British shows. There you go. Um, yeah. <laughs> That's, I'm going to go with that watching one. watching <laughs> good TV and movies, and uh, you guys put out some really good stuff. So, Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Uh, I've got my guilty pleasure next up, oh, and yeah? it's One Tree, one tree Hill. No way, really. Yeah, afraid so. I don't know why, and I can't explain it. It's not like right. I like those sort of TV shows because I've never seen Dawson's Creek. I've no interest in watching Dawson's Creek. Right. But for some reason, I think One Tree Hill just became my switch off brain. Right. And just listen to the nice soundtrack and just watch something <laughs> that wasn't about nuclear weapons right. or people being kidnapped or right. or prison riots. It was just watch people growing up right i think and i followed that show from the beginning which was 2003 till 2012 nine seasons of that wow. one like 180 episodes of one tree hill yeah but periodically between seasons they would time jump because the kids would get older in real life right <laughs> and so can you really have them playing the same age for nine years right not so much so they would time jump and the season would come back and it'd be like three years later yeah. and they would be 
but it wouldn't feel the need to go back and tell you what had happened to them. Right. You would just kind of have to catch up. Um, <laughs> and that kind of worked. So I enjoyed the time jumps. But no, One Tree Hill is definitely the one thing on my list where people would be like, oh my God, I've just lost all respect. <laughs> well, no, it's cool. And, you know, it's like that was one of the first things that uh, Vanel was on when she moved to North Carolina, if I remember the story correctly. And they had her, she's in a bar or something, but um, they, you know, like the show aired and everybody, you know, picked up immediately on Vanel's character. And it was, they were distracted from everybody they were supposed to be paying attention to. So. No, so when you speak to Vanel next, tell her I loved One Tree. So. <laughs> right. That, and it, it was funny. One of the first uh, – it, it was the first project that Dexter and I worked on, and it's um, something called Final Archive. It was a short film. You need to ask him about it because he, he loves talking about Final Archive. But anyway – and that's sarcastic. But anyway, um, we were in the radio station that is directly above the uh, – I guess it's a, a bar or whatever. Wherever they go hang out, like uh, a foodie place place and uh we were in the radio station right up above that and so anyway not that that really helped the short film at all it was uh high-tech sci-fi and i remember the i was the lead actor and i remember when the director came in and no one had ever worked with this dude before i don't even know where uh dexter found this guy but anyway um he comes in he's like man what the fuck is this shit because <laughs> there are these tables with like tablecloths it was supposed to be sci-fi right anyway it was it was pretty bad so we were supposed to be on a space station where i was going to interrogate a prisoner <laughs> and i was being six feet tall i look like i'm seven feet tall because everybody else is like five foot or under so i'm looking down at everybody it's phenomenal so anyway one of those things that no one will ever see i have it on some old CD, VD, VC, I don't know, the video CD or something. something. But anyway, yeah, man. <laughs> and every time I put it into any drive, it locks the machine up and then it won't eject. So you have to do a force eject and yeah. So I have no way to watch it now. So damn, <laughs> damn, damn. I digress. Sorry, man. I've derailed the show. They're going down memory lane, man. All because of One Tree Hill. <laughs> exactly. Well, what have you got next thing? What have you got next? <laughs> Luther. Which is another uh, – yeah. Uh, yeah, man. Um, Idris Alba, which I just I, – like a good uh, friend of mine who uh, – a producer that I used to do some editing for. And now, granted, she just thinks he is one of the finest men on the planet. Um, but two, she was like, I really – if you like Sherlock Holmes, you would probably like Luther. And I did. I mean like it's a yeah. really cool show, well-made. I some of the most unique camera angles, uh, very, it kind of reminded me of, uh, Pulp Fiction, some of the stuff that Tarantino did. Um, but yeah, where, you know, people are over on the left-hand side of the screen looking off screen and it was off-putting to begin with. And then sometimes there's so much headroom. Um, and I'm just like, damn, man, can somebody please tilt down? But it was done purposely so that you would be like, wow, I just feel anxious in this scene, you know? So, and it was just a new way to kind of, kind of do that. But uh, yeah, but uh, excellent show, and um, I, I don't. I think they're going to come back into another season. And, they are, yeah, yeah. yeah they've, they've actually finished the the principal photography on that. Oh yeah. So it'll it probably be on in in the fall or something like that. I think, but I think there's another maybe two three episodes. Oh, that's great. Along those lines, but we are definitely getting more Luther. There was a worry that we wouldn't because then Idris Elba's his, uh, acting career sort of blew up yeah. with his cinematic stuff. Yeah. And they're like, no, he's never going to come back and do Luther now. But he <laughs> obviously loves it so much that 
right. that he is doing. So now, was that because the whole Bond thing fizzled out? You think if he had become the next James Bond that maybe he would have just said, no, nah, Luther's dead? Luther's no, dead. I think he would have done it. I think that Idris feels about Luther the same way that Benedict Cumberbatch feels about Sherlock. Really? Where it's like, I like that character. Yeah. I want to keep doing that character. Well, that is cool. Because I, yeah. I enjoy the show and really... You know, I think he would play a good Bond. I, I don't know about I do. you, but yeah. yeah, I mean, and it's, yeah. you know, I, I being, I, I can't remember how old Daniel Craig is, but he's about our age. So for people to be saying, you know what, he's kind of aging out. I'm like, what? Uh, what? What are you saying? <laughs> I think, yeah, that's the difference. I mean, in some ways, people go, he's aging out. It's like, well, no, he's not. But yeah, I, I don't think I'd be very capable of running along trains, <laughs> jumping over bridges and uh, leaping off dams. Right. I think that might polish me off if I try that. Yeah, but um, so had, that's what that like Roger Moore was doing it when he was, what, 80? I can't remember. Sean Connery. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like Roger yeah, yeah. Moore even had like a walk fast stunt double, you know? So, yeah, he did. View to a Kill is pretty much not Roger Moore <laughs> for anything that involves him moving. <laughs> right. And that was back when it was kind of like, yeah, you look close enough. We'll use you as a stunt double. Kind of like in the original Blade Runner where, you know, some chick who obviously had the pubic hair wig on was supposed to be the replicant going through the glass. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Shocking. What do you think about Damian Lewis possibly being the uh, the new Bond? He seems to be the front runner to replace. And I, I guess, I mean, like Daniel Craig doesn't necessarily fit that gq kind of thing in my mind but on the other hand at least i don't know i mean like he at least his um he he looks like he could do gq the other dude looks like really not but maybe that's the real life james bond you know i i don't know but i mean james bond has always been such a babe magnet and i don't see this other dude as as being such now i could be wrong but you know, yeah, no, I agree with that. Yeah. As well. that that's those stories seem to have just come out of nowhere. It's like, what's all this Damien? Why Daniel Craig's not even done his next film yet? Stop right. trying to replace him. Yeah, yeah. Which I'm looking very <laughs> forward to that movie too. So definitely, yeah. yeah. Next up, I have got a show. This is the only one that I never watched on its initial run right. at all. I borrowed the whole lot, which I think was eleven seasons of it, uh, from my friend Bob on yeah. DVD. Blitzed through them and maybe three, four months or something. Right. And that is MASH. Oh, the original? Well, I guess they haven't done... Because there was MASH and then there was like MASH American style or something. Didn't they do like a... Yeah, I I didn't even know about that until about three months ago when I was reading a website and I'm like, what is this other MASH one? And it was, uh, yeah, sort of a continuation-y spin-off type thing. But no, this is the original from 1972 to 1983. Wow. Um, I saw the odd clip when I was when I was growing up and it was on TV right. and I had Alan, Alan Alder and whoever whoever his companion was. Right. And then I didn't even know there was a different companion before this other guy. And I'm like, what? <laughs> so then when I went back and watched it, I'm like, ah, this is the other guy. So it was, uh, yeah, it was, I, Marsh, really, really good series. I'm going to try and get Annette to watch it at some point. Yeah. She's never seen it. She's not a fan of war things, but you don't have to be with Marsh. It's not really about the war. Right. Even though it's set in the war. Right. So. Well, they had Radar, Hot Lips. Gosh, what was the other uh, nicknames they had for each other? Oh. Hawkeye. Uh, um, Hawkeye. Yeah. Uh, um, um, I can't remember half right. of them. But it was, <laughs> I forgot. It's a long time. It's probably about 10 years since I watched Marsh. Right. But that is cool that it stuck with you with such, you know, uh, as a, a very good uh, memory, a good show. But, yeah, I haven't watched it. I mean, like, I would catch it bits and pieces 
both my granddads like watching the, the TV show, but, um, you know, I was just a little kid. So, you know, and I think they were watching reruns. I, I think it was too late at night for me to stay up, but, um, but yeah, so maybe I need to check it out. Yeah, definitely. And 20, 22 minutes long, easy enough to watch an episode. Oh, wow, man. I don't know why I thought that was, um, the longer episodes. No, no, they were the, the half hour ones, but knock out the commercials. Right. 22 minutes. <laughs> that's, that's even better, man. That's, that's exactly. like we were talking earlier, man. That's good. Uh, lunchtime entertainment. Yeah. Three in an hour. Yeah. Done. Well, um, the, yep. the next one on my list is breaking bad, which we've been talking about. I, I think every, every podcast I update you on how far I am. And by the <laughs> next time you and I do a podcast, I will be through with it. And maybe we can discuss that a little further. So, that nearly made my list, and there wasn't any particular reason it didn't. Right. Just out of sheer, the other ones made it. Right. And then there was no space left. <laughs> right. Until I said 12, and then you're like, oh, hell yeah. Okay, but yeah. Yeah, if you'd have made it 20, I think Sons of Anarchy would have been on there. Breaking Bad would have been on there. Yep. Um, I had a lengthy discussion last night with a friend of mine saying, you know, should The Wire be on there? Right. But it didn't. It didn't end up making my list. But, right. Uh, there is a lot, but we, we had to narrow it down to 12. Yeah. So. Well, it's funny. There was... Um, I've never seen The Wire, and it was oh man, probably uh, it's been a long time ago. But anyway, there was some skinny kid that was on The Wire, who I think was an informant or something. But anyway, um, he wanted to make his directorial debut and hired me and another guy to um, you know be the camera operators, uh, cinematographers for his uh, short film. And when I met the guy, uh, he had so many fans, but I, I had never watched The Wire. So, you know, here he was, you know, meek and mod little guy. And they were like, yeah, he's he's from The Wire. And I'm like, what is that? I don't understand. Wow. You know, it was like, here's this little kid that I'm going to help make a movie. I, I, you know, but anyway, yeah. <laughs> there was the, the, the Wire is definitely worth checking okay. out. I don't think it suffers – um, I don't think I could rewatch it, even right. though I probably would actually, because I've seen it once already. But it's not something I could start right from scratch. Right. But it's definitely, if you're not seeing it, do check it out. Okay. I'm and of course, it has man. Idris Elba. That's what made him name his name so big. No was, way. Was uh, a big, big role in The Wire. Huh. Yeah. Well, that's intriguing. And that's something that uh, the producer friend of mine, uh, she never. It looks like she would have said, "You need to watch The Wire." So. Yeah. Yeah. I've got uh, Murder One. Are you familiar with the TV show Murder One from the 90s? No. Murder One is from the mind of Steve Bochco, who yeah. did things like Hill Street Blues right, and such like. And it was the first, definitely the first season was, I think it's like 23 episodes, maybe 24 episodes. Mm -hmm. And it was the first show I remember where one season, one story. Yeah. So much so each episode was titled chapter one chapter really? two chapter three <laughs> and it was all focusing on one murder case yeah um it had stanley tucci in it who then you know people didn't know him at the time right. but now people go oh, that's the dude from murder one he's amazing <laughs> and it was it's kind of like a really serious la law which right. also steve bochco right um produced and it was just a big jigsaw. It was 24 episodes, one story. They did come back with season two mm -hmm. with a different replacement uh, for the main character because he didn't want to do it. And so they sort of brought in a new person but didn't have the same character. Yeah. And they sort of spun it over three stories per season. So that kind of worked. But the initial season one was pure water cooler stuff. Do you reckon he did it? Do you reckon he didn't? Who's yeah. this person? Who do you reckon the suspect was? And 
you know, it's a bit Twin Peaksy where you would go, "Who killed Laura Palmer? I want to know who killed her." So you would watch <laughs> week to week. You right. would watch the show, um, and it's hopefully it's out there somewhere. It's definitely out on DVD, but Murder One. Okay. Uh, 1995 to 1997. I will check that out too. And yep. you know, um, one TV show that almost um, made it on the list, but then again, I mean, like I've I've only seen one season of it. I think you said there was another season. It's Broadchurch. Um, yes. And that was really, really good. And I thought the ending was phenomenal because I kind of knew maybe who was who, who was playing who or whatever. But the 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 specifics, I'm not even going to get close to – I don't want to spoil anybody because everybody should watch it. Uh, but anyway, but the ending, I was even like, damn, that was clever the way they did that. So anyway, um, did you see it? I didn't. I started watching it and then somebody spoiled it. Because oh, I started stock, oh, oh. I started stockpiling the episodes. Oh, so I thought I'll watch yeah, that, sucks. and then when the finale hit, it's yeah. like bang! Social media just ruined it. Yeah. So I thought I'll watch it at some point. Yeah. But there's no major rush to find out who did it because I kind of already know. So. Yeah, very clever. Yeah, I, like I, visually, the way they they revealed who did what to who, really really cool. But yeah, it's like the kids were uh, they're big David Tennant fans, so. Um, that somehow came up on my radar and, um, I checked it out. Nice. But, um, let's see here. The next one on my list, cause it is my turn. I know I keep jumping us around, man. This is, this is almost like that, uh, the, the ride in, um, the temple of doom. You know what I mean? It's kind <laughs> the of like, car, going yeah. yeah. And also it's like, ah, free fall. Sorry. Okay. And then we're back into it. So anyway, man, the, um, but the next one on my list uh, is Avatar: The Last Airbender, the animated series? Oh, I've seen that one. Yep. Yeah, yeah, I that one was just really fun. We watched it with the kids, and um, there's some things I just like watching on my own. Some things with Michelle, and then some things with the kids. But that was just solid. I mean, like, and I I think everybody had such high expectations for M Night to do a decent um, live action, and it just sucked. <laughs> it I mean, like, happen. they had such deep characters, quirky and serious. It just it, there was such a good balance, and then it was just like, I oh, know we're gonna throw all that out the window and have nothing but serious individuals. And I was like, God, man, that's just, uh, yeah, that's. That sucks. Not to mention, uh, you know, we're going to practice waterbending without water because we've run out of special effects budget. I don't know, man. Oh, God. But anyway. Good choice, though. Good choice putting that one on. I remember watching the yeah, cartoon. Version. Yeah. It's one of those things where, you know, I'll watch it on, you know, like, uh, I'll be watching the sets on, because um, I think we only have season one. Uh, but I'll watch it on Amazon, and it's like, it'll start getting down to like 15 or 18 bucks. And I almost order it, and then I don't. And then I come back a week later, and it's like 50 bucks a set or something cra- crazy like that. So anyway, wow. yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm down to having two left. I don't know how many you've got. I think you're probably a similar number, I think. Uh, you know, I have three. So You have three left. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, I think because I doubled up on 24, I think. Yeah. Um, I yep. have... Uh, would you want to fire another one out and then that'll even us up then? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Awake. I don't know if you saw that. Only lasted no. one season. And um, I just thought it was very cool. I didn't know which... Because you, you remember the premise of it was that you know he's in a car wreck, and then he's um, he will just like 
he'll be with his wife because the son died and then he'll blink uh instead of going to sleep he'll be waking up and he's in a world where his wife died and his son lived and oh, wow. different colors and he was trying to figure out um which one is real you know because he really thinks he's starting to lose his mind and then there are certain things that are you know like cases that are the same in both, but he'll see it from different angles, and he's a better detective because of it, right? But there again, he can't say, "Hey, we need to go pick up John Doe," because I, you know, we've got this evidence. Because in that reality, he doesn't have that evidence, and I just thought it was a cool concept, and evidently too much for some people to handle or whatever. And um, anyway, but it, well worth watching, even though it's just the first season, and some things are explained. Um, and then some things really aren't. I wish that that had gone on to a second season, but it, it didn't. What um, what year was that one? Because I've not even heard of that one. 2012. Yeah, Jason wow. um, Isaacs, which you've seen him oh, in Harry yeah. Potter yeah, stuff, yeah. Uh, playing an American. And then B.D. Wong, which he's the uh, the guy who's in Jurassic World that was in Jurassic Park as one of the uh, the geneticists. Yeah. So, but yeah, he was the uh, therapist, one of his therapists, and yeah, man, he'd go in and he'd be like, "Yeah, I'm just having trouble with reality and everything," and everybody was just writing off his, um, you know, his fatigue and his, um, you know, like the way he would forget things or remember things differently because he had just lost uh, his family member. Because, like I say, in one world he had lost his wife, and the other uh, he had lost his son, and just I don't know, neat. Neat concept. I, I've, I've searched online to see, you know, like if the uh, the showrunner had shared where the show was going, and he really didn't. I mean, pretty much the wrap up at the end of the uh, season one, um, he didn't really take it further. So Damn. I think I'm going to check that out though, because that sounds yeah, that sounds good. yeah, it's yep. really really uh, just good storytelling. Well, sort of second place. Um, the the last one I have saved. And it is in order. Mm -hmm. My last one is my all-time favorite TV show ever. But uh, this one is The Shield. Yeah. Got to put The Shield in. Love that show. 2002 to 2008. Seven seasons. Um, One of the best TV shows ever. Really, really good. I've seen it three times now on its entire run. Um, And most recently, I think it was last year, when I sat a net down and said, just give it a go. And she got so into it. (laughs) Love it. Really, really good show. Well, that is cool. Like I say, we'll be looking for um, a new TV show to be, you know, watching after Breaking Bad's over and done with. So maybe we'll pick up one of these. I'll just like throw a dart into my notebook and see which one it lands on. Definitely. If I had to do a top five, The Shield would easily be in that top five as well. Wow, man! Excellent stuff. So, and it's from the creator of the Sons of Anarchy as well. Oh, so Kurt okay. Sutter started off working on the Shield, yeah, and then went off to Sons of Anarchy. There's a lot of characters in the Shield that uh, appear in Sons of Anarchy. You know, they'll, they'll mention <laughs> the same street gangs and yeah. stuff like that. So it's quite, it's sort of set in the same universe without, you know, being set in the same town or whatever. Right, so right. Definitely worth it. That is cool. I will definitely check that out because uh, Michael Chiklis, I you know, I haven't seen him bad in anything. So no, this is easily Michael Chiklis's best. Uh, obviously, other than the Fantastic Four movies, of course. Right. Uh, which, uh, <laughs> <laughs> said about them. Right. <laughs> but yeah, the, the Shield is definitely Michael's best work. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. So what's next for you? What's your uh, second another one final? that I think was just uh, killed too early? Defying Gravity, which I wasn't interested in it to begin with, just because uh, pretty much the tagline was Grey's Anatomy in space, which I you know I'd watched the first 
probably season of Grey's Anatomy with my ex, and I, it just there's too much sleeping around, too much drama, just too much bullshit that I don't get into. And um, so when uh, they said Grey's Anatomy in space, and it was by whoever the lady was who you know, I think she was the showrunner on this this as well, and I, I just wasn't interested with that tagline. And so I think it was three episodes in, I. Um, caught a free episode on iTunes, like the the pilot, and watched it. And I'm a huge sci-fi fan, and I love space travel. I really wish that you know someone would figure out how to pinch space time, you know, like create that black hole, so we could just jump to the furthest ends of the universe, and you know, like in an hour, we're anywhere we want to be, if not sooner, you know. Um, I just think that would be cool. But anyway, but Defying Gravity was really, really cool. It had a lot of mystery to it, and um, and I, I they canceled it here, and I, I think I had to buy the last four episodes because I think they actually um, – they were actually broadcast over in um, in England. So you guys actually got to see them. I couldn't because, you know, my router address and everything is in the United States. So um, I had to buy the episodes just to just at least see what all was shot. But um, cool. I wanted to see where it was going. I mean, like, you know, these people were finding out things about themselves, um, you know, uh, as well as each other and, um, you know, horrific stuff and then some cool stuff. And a lot of, you know, they were making peace with things in their life. And, yeah, I mean, it's just, to me, a really cool concept. Nice. Now, your final one. Have you got your final one as your all-time favorite show or are these no, just these are 12 just that you like? Scattershot. Yeah, man. Right. Well, I've got my all-time favorite TV show. I have seen this entire run of six seasons maybe five times, I think. Wow, um, man. And Annette's seen it once, yeah. and she's actually shown interest in re-watching it all again. Yeah. Uh, it was the first HBO show that I ever watched. It was before Sopranos, before Six Feet Under, and it is the prison series Oz. Uh, some of the best character writing and development I've ever seen in any program. Yeah. I think the measure of a good show is when you finished it all, not just the episode, but when you know maybe six months after, yeah, that you can remember a huge list of character names from it. <laughs> yep, I you know kind, yeah. kind of like you're 24, where you're like Jack Bauer, Kim Bauer, you know right. Tony Almeida, Chloe, and you you can rattle them off <laughs> with with. Oz, I could remember so many of them, and it's one of those shows that it's got such a high cast turnover, right? Far more than Game of Thrones. That, but when you finish the whole lot and you go back to the beginning, it's like you're rewatching it again because you're like, oh, I'd forgotten about them. Right. I'd forgotten about them. Oh, I'd forgotten about them. And you could just keep. I could keep looping <laughs> through Oz. Uh, easily my favorite show of uh, of ever. And we we sort of me and my friend Bob we will play this game called Ozwatch because when we first watched Oz, other than maybe the odd character uh-huh. or actor, we'd never seen anybody in anything. But then the more you watch films and TV shows, B.D. Wong, he started off in Oz. Right. Um, who else? Uh, J.K. Simmons. Yeah. Oz. So many actors and actresses started off in that TV show <laughs> and then have just gone in. So we would phone each other up and go, Ozwatch, I've just seen such and such in this. And it was insane. Oh, that's so it's cool, man. Fantastic TV show. So that, without a doubt, I, it was nearly Band of Brothers yeah. that I put in. But I asked somebody on Twitter, I said, is that a TV show or a miniseries? He went, it's a miniseries. Right. Like, right. Well, there you go. So that didn't make the list, but it would have done. But uh, Oz, definitely. Love it. Well, that's cool. I don't know if that's on Netflix or not, but I'll, I'll check that out too. 
definitely don't watch it with any kids around it is uh it is definitely a tough tv show yeah um it's, a, it's about a prison so you right, can imagine what right. sort of things you will see well i remember at one point i think i caught just a couple of episodes there's a friend of mine who um is friends with the big muscled guy the big dude that was on there uh the yep. big older guy but anyway um and i met him we were up i think it was in philadelphia or something but anyway so um that was what got me to watch a few episodes of the show but yeah you're right because there there's there, uh, yeah there are specific things going on that yeah kids don't yeah. necessarily be a part of yeah <laughs> it's not a kid friendly show by any means no. <laughs> unless you're no, trying to make sure your kids know that they don't want to wind up there yeah, that was true. It doesn't. It certainly doesn't make you think I'd be okay in prison. Yeah, it, uh, <laughs> yeah, no. But some of the best character development I've ever seen. Yeah, and it's created by Tom Fontana. Yeah. who did things like Homicide, Life on the Street, and huh. stuff like that. So, well, I've got that on the list too, and a uh, big number one beside it. So, nice, yeah. good, good. And then my final one uh, was Flash Forward. Do you remember that from two thousand nine? Oh, I think I saw the pilot episode of that, and then I think by the time I'd started watching it, it had been cancelled. So I thought, yeah, no point in carrying on watching that one. Yep, slam dunk in the trash can, man. Um, yeah. That was another that was really cool. I think they uh, they showed the entire first season, um, and overall, it was it was cool because everybody saw what was it one year ahead, and um, and so. They kind of knew what was coming, but they didn't know how to get there and how much you could deviate from certain, you know, uh, you know, like from your destiny, so to speak. And um, but I mean, the whole thing really was cool. There was a conspiracy. There was, you know, um, a whole lot going on in the show. I wish that had gone on to a, a, you know, series two. I mean, season two, just so I could have kind of knew because I think at near the end there was another flash forward or something. I can't remember. Like everybody dropped again. And, um, anyway, that, so it, maybe it just was, you know, beating a dead horse at that point. Like, Hey, look <laughs> at us. Yeah. You know, but yeah, it was, I think that was at a time when there were a lot of new TV shows coming out and the networks were just chopping things left, right and center. There was so many that just, yeah. Oh, that looks, Oh, it's gone. Oh, yep. no, gone. <laughs> So it's, it's they don't crazy. Wanna, well, you look at the Aquaman um, pilot that was on, what was it, 10 years ago or whatever. And, um, yeah, that didn't even make it to air. I mean, they shot the whole thing had um, – oh, I can't remember the, the dude's name in it. But, I mean, some notable – oh, was it uh, Ving Rhames? Maybe, yeah. but I mean, it had some big names and uh, you know, associate. I mean, that were on there, and yeah, there. And but I mean, it was a little bit too soap opery, too you know. But I mean, I don't know. But I mean, it, that's just how swift they get the acts over here. I think over in the UK, they're a little kinder. It's like, well, we've shot it. We might as well show it. Right? <laughs> yeah, we, yeah, we yeah we don't waste money over here. We're like, well, we've already made it. Right, Just put it on. Yeah, because I <laughs> no, don't understand how you know. It's like you spend all this money, right? Okay, so. So um, why would you not want to try to recoup some of that just by showing it once? Yeah, even if you're not going to do a TV series, but I don't know. Maybe people over here are more hard boiled, and they're just like, "Oh, I'm not going to watch one off," you know. But uh, all over there, it's pretty much about the advertisements, isn't it? Oh yeah. Well, people don't watch the program; they don't watch the adverts. Exactly. Which I mean, you know, I got to the point where you know, like when we had a satellite, uh, you know, like the Dish Network or whatever, and I knew exactly how many times to hit the fast forward button because it would just skip like 30 seconds, and I'd be like, okay, this is going to be a a two minute break. Bam, 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 right back into it. I wasn't watching the the 
you know, commercials anyway. So <laughs> there's always yeah. ways around that. They uh, commercials annoy me, man. I want to watch things like uh, I want to watch it, you know, and I get exactly. it advertising pays for the show but you know i'm gonna skip it anyway <laughs> there were a lot of tv shows that ended up on my really long list things like the a-team airwolf right um prison break and stuff so it was fun last night just going nope nope <laughs> nope and then ending up with this definitive list of 12 i'm sure they'll be with the odd one where i'm like damn it i forgot about that right. like the Battlestar galactica remake but right you know Which was really good. i'm quite and, yeah i, I enjoyed good. that yeah but, but uh, it's uh, but, yeah. people will be shouting Game of Thrones, Gotham, but they've not finished yet. So right, that's why I'm not right. On. Yeah, and I mean, you know, Gotham was really good, solid first season. But like you say, you don't know where it's where it's going. It's kind of like going halfway through. Uh, uh, you know, like if I had started tweeting uh, midway through Jurassic World, saying this is the best movie ever made, and then suddenly it tanked. You know, it went south, and then I'd be like, oh shit, backpedal, backpedal, <laughs> <laughs> delete tweet, delete tweet. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> people have already retweeted it. Everybody else is already talking about. About how I, I thought it was great and everybody has left their homes and uh, you know gone to see it and then they're like damn man you owe me two hours and 20 bucks <laughs> <laughs> exactly <laughs> so it's like if anybody else thinks your your list kind of sucks so you should have put this in right. um tweet at either me or john yeah and uh, let us know what we should have put in but it's our list so we can put whatever the hell we want to kind of works doesn't it do your own list it is man <laughs> you know if we have time man there was a really short list of tv shows just like Battlestar galactica that were great and then suddenly it was like what the hell happened here you know um go for it what heroes which i yep. was astounding until it just went belly up and it just got stupid i just didn't care you know it's everyone has powers oh it's something different you know and anyway yeah that so um i stopped watching that it would be interesting to see what the reboot does um fringe was phenomenal until it went stupid it was like ah we're we're gonna take this up to ludicrous speed you know and uh so uh same thing with castle i really enjoyed it we used to watch that uh that was something that i do with uh my older two kids just you know like we would watch it i think on netflix or however we would watch it through the computer and or i guess it was hulu and um but then that formula to me just kind of got old and i think Rick Castle, his character, Nathan Fillion's character, started to change a bit. He became a parody of himself, you know. And it was fun to laugh at him, but then after a while, you're like, "Damn, man, this is uh, this is getting sad in some way," you know. Um, and then suddenly Beckett became the man, and then he became the woman in the relationship. Anyway, it, it just to me that it lost its original flavor, and, and characters need to evolve but i i just felt like that was a, a counter evolution um life on mars the u.s version you and i've discussed that <laughs> pile of <laughs> no, shit man oh my god Ever. dude so cool to begin with and then it just went uh, in a awful direction when they were like ah it's been canceled so uh guess what yeah <laughs> um the walking dead i was watching that every season for the longest time but i, I just i found myself not really caring what happened to anybody um, yeah, i did yeah and then bones bones was so cool in the beginning and then it just became to me ludicrous uh, you know i mean the it, it went from being serious with a little humor to just being stupid silly most of the time and and once again these different characters that i thought were really cool became just parodies of their former selves and you know booth was even dumber man oh, my iq has been lowered to 50 and you know and then bones she didn't get anything 
in college. She's a scientist. And everything that I liked about the show just disappeared. And, um, you know, it, it, it needed that serious side to counterbalance the, uh, the normal silly versus just now it's just a outright sitcom, you know? So, but that, that was the end of that list. But those are shows that I used to love and really I would watch them every week. And then it was just like, wow, man, why am I wasting time? I think mine would definitely be heroes. Mm. That was on there. I checked out season three yeah. at the beginning of, I thought I'm done. Yeah. Uh, Smallville. I never finished that. I think I got up to maybe season eight right. and then for some reason I just lost track with that one. Yeah. So I never finished watching that. Uh, Burn Notice was another one. Yeah. Picture of Bruce Campbell. Yep. Good show, but I just, for some reason drifted away from it and yeah. never managed to drift back. After a while, it just became repetitive. Uh, there was no, you know, he kind of, he solved the main story arc, I think, in season two or three or whatever. And then, you know, it's like, hey, where are we going to do it? And this is still successful. And, yeah, I, I just I, – that one lost me too. Same yeah. thing with um, – oh, what was it? Uh, Justified. That was one that I was yes. really, really into. Yep. And then I just lost interest in it, quit watching it. I saw, I think, the first seven or eight episodes and really liked it, and mm-hmm. then for some reason just drifted off and never came back. So yep. it's, it, maybe it's one of those I'll revisit at some point, but... Yeah. Yeah. yeah not really. Yep. <laughs> there are. I think nowadays there are too many TV shows to watch. Yeah. So it's why waste time with something that doesn't have you 100%. Yeah. Yeah, because ultimately, you know, we have to work and we have to see our family. And so there's limited amount of time to, you know, kick back and watch, uh, you know, keep up with uh, five to six, uh, you know, uh, TV shows. Exactly. I watched the new episode of Hannibal um, last week, the second episode oh, yeah? of season three. That I, uh, season one was weird, but I quite enjoyed it. One of the most beautiful shows ever. Yeah. Season two was really, really good. Yeah. Season three opener was all right. The second oh. episode, one of the worst TV episodes I've ever seen in my entire life. Um, Annette loves Hannibal, right. and yet we both said, what the hell was that? I, I, we didn't know what time we were at. We had no idea what was going on. Right. Visually, it was stunning, but it had nothing else. It was awful. Um, I said to Annette, I said, if it keeps going this way, I'm out. Yeah. But hopefully episode three will be better. But right. it was just, it was as if David Lynch had like sneaked onto the set of Hannibal gone, ha I'm, I'm just going to redo this the way that is in my own head. <laughs> and it was kind of, it was really, really weird and awful. Yeah. So. Well, it, that's almost like going into your home after a long day at work and then everything's been rearranged, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then you blink and then you open your eyes again. Everything's been rearranged again. Right. Like, I've no, I don't know what's going on now. Right. I'm going to go have a lie down. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> but that's an interesting list anyway. Hopefully, people have got a few shows out of there that they can go, I've never watched that, or I yeah. need to finish watching it, or I'm going to start watching it. Yeah. Um, that, then if it has any conspiracy theories on where uh, Define Gravity, Flash Forward, uh, you know, it's some of the people that listen to the Waxing Cinematic um, podcast and tune in every Monday morning at 930 to interact with us. I mean, like they have they have a rich history as far as like they worked on certain TV shows like the original Battlestar Galactica. Um, this one guy's son uh, was one of the set decorators on Jurassic World. So, you know, anybody who has any inside stories to fill in the gaps where Defying Gravity and Awake and uh, Flash Forward left, that would be really cool because, you know. Because you want to know. Yeah, man. Well, <laughs> yeah. It's, it, it, you wanted to see how your friends wound up. It's kind of like, whoops, sorry, that feed to Mars just ended. So, you know. 
now that you've landed, you won't be seeing any more of any of your friends on Earth. It's they've been wiped out. So <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So hopefully somebody can help you out. Yeah, here. man, that would rock. <laughs> that is fantastic. So what is what's the uh, rest of the day got in store for yourself, John? Well, I'm gonna take a picture and tweet it as far as my shelf that landed on my desk with all my books <laughs> yes, and all that stuff. Do. And I don't see like all my masks seem to be intact. I, I see my Lancer over in the corner. I think is is all right. My gears that were Lancer. So I figure I'll tweet some uh, like awful. It's almost like an earthquake happened just around my desk. So it's like a little mini San Andreas. It, isn't it? is. It is, man. Except I, I need the rock to come and help me clean the shit up so he might <laughs> he might in I'm, between big trouble and little china remakes that's it man yeah. i'm not a hot chick <laughs> see if i just had a hot chick in the house then he could come and lift her up and then she could say no not me the shelf and then he would lift up the shelf and i could uh you know reattach it to the wall if it's possible i don't know man but uh well i am going to go through i'm going to send a tweet to Dwayne johnson saying there is a hot chick trapped under john fouts's shelf there you go thanks um you. <laughs> and then he he should be there within minutes. Yeah. <laughs> well, good man. Uh, you know, I do have uh, like a friend of mine gave me um, a book on DC Cover Girls. There's a couple of Wonder Woman books and stuff. This is like you know Adam Hughes stuff. So technically, you know, it's just a book. But there is a hot chick under the the uh, shelf. So yeah, Definitely. the rock <laughs> will be there momentarily. There you go, man. That would be that would be grandiose right there, man. Uh, so Fun. what you got going on this weekend? Uh, I'm working in my weekend job this weekend, so a nice ten and a half hour, ten and a half hour shift in retail tomorrow. Right. Not looking forward to that. Uh, maybe six or seven hours on Monday, and then that's me for the rest of the week. Then, so I'll be back to from page to screen sort of side of things on Monday morning. Yeah. So I'm going to get this edited today and uploaded for everybody to have a listen to, nice. and then effectively take the weekend off. Right. From uh, from Twitter and Facebook, etc., and go out and do some real work. Sorry. <laughs> That's good, man. And then come home tired and exhausted, right. <laughs> in the right state. <laughs> Not good. <laughs> well, Not tomorrow good. over in Charlotte is something called Heroes Con, which is a big comic book convention. So um, every year we take whatever whoever uh, wants to go with us it's like last year we had a whole van load and this year with the kids all being responsible and having jobs it looks like there will only be three kids going with us um okay. so yeah but that's always fun so i will be cheat uh, tr- uh gosh man tweeting uh from there sending pictures out and stuff like that trying to promote the event and uh which has grown huge over the years so it's i think we went back in 96 96 or 97 for the first time and it has quadruple in size and has just a lot of cool stuff man lots of uh one of kind action figures and stuff there and comics and you can get your get your favorite artist to sign different books and stuff very nice and the name of that event again is it's heroes con over in charlotte north carolina it's uh you can look it up uh if you do a google search on heroes con you'll find all about it Fantastic. Yep, started, that's something I always do. Yeah. That's what I, what I always do on podcasts is when somebody talks about something, they name it at the beginning, right. and then they talk about it, and by the end of it, I'm like, that sounds really good, and I've got to rewind back and find <laughs> out what it was called. Right. So uh, it's always nice to get the name at the end as well. Definitely. So go, Aha. Yeah. What's well, almost yeah. like when the person leaves your really long-winded uh, voicemail, and somewhere like the first, and like in Act One of the voicemail near the end of Act One, that's where it's like, yeah, I'm at you know seven zero four five 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 one two one two, but you don't remember it. <laughs> By the end, you know, like when, when you when you come to the uh, you know the grand finale where the hero dies and whatever, so then you have yeah. to go all the way back and try to find that damn number because they didn't leave it at the end. <laughs> exactly. 
So, yeah, well, have a good day tomorrow. Man, I look forward to well, seeing the tweets and the pictures and whatnot. Cool, man. And I, and I hope you have a good weekend, too. I know we all have to work, and, you know, at least you can kind of – it seems like you've piled all your hours, like, into, you know, one day. So Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yep. All right. Well, you take care. Right. Always a pleasure. It, as always, man. And thanks for accommodating my, you know, hey, what about tomorrow? So. Oh, yeah. I've had shorter notice than that. With Anthony Alex one time, it was like, yeah, about an hour. Right. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, short time uh, things. I'm fine. If I'm free, I will happily podcast all day. <laughs> uh, so, you, man. Thank you very much. And good to catch up on some of those TV shows. Yeah, suggestions. man. And, and fun sharing uh, our favorite shows. So. Definitely. Yeah. And you know what else? Um, Oh, what was it? Lost in Space. That was another childhood favorite. Didn't even Good make show. the list. I forgot all about that. And that one stayed fairly consistent, if I remember correctly. So, And I will be quiet now. Otherwise, it will be it will go past the two-hour mark. <laughs> it'll be the Dances with Wolves of podcasts. It will be, man. <laughs> That's what it'll be. You take care, John, and I shall catch up with you on Twitter over the weekend and uh, catch up with you on the next podcast. Sounds great, man. Take care. Take care. <laughs> Bye. Bye-bye. there was a, a real sense of you were doing something wrong but that did give it that that feeling of excitement when the reveal of the film happens that's when it just becomes absurd and the atmosphere and just the sense you get whenever you go into it is undeniable it, it did absolutely zero for me which could be for the hype what we just discussed there is just scratching the surface on it hi i'm eric england the director of contracted and you're listening to from page to screen the horror show Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.